Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's live stream. We've got a great one for you today. It is all of our feature requests that have come in in the first quarter of 2023. This is a highly interactive session. We're hoping to get as many of you in the comments uh, joining in. You can fire new features at us. That's no problem. If we run over in features, what we're going to do is start to is put a part two on this. So uh, do do get involved in the comments. This is interactive. Lots of hellos there from everyone. Hello from Ottawa. Uh, hey, Bucky, how are you doing? Uh, Claude, Claire, loads of people coming in. Excellent. What um what I'm going to do is introduce you to a couple of people. I've got uh, first up, we'll say hello to Mario. Mario is our CTO. You should have met him at this point on these live streams. Yeah. Hi, Mario. hello everyone. Hello hey, everyone. Mario. Chief Technology Officer at D4H, and Mario is the person who oversees all of these features as they get built, as they get spec'd out. Let's also add in um, Thierry. Thierry is one of our software engineers. Hey. Uh, works on the, the uh, personal training, equipment management and incident reporting product, um, which you're gonna hear in the very near future, we're sort of starting to re recall that as a whole team manager. Uh, you're gonna see a little bit more of that uh, coming through and wording. Thierry, how are you? Good, how are you? Excellent. We have a lot of people joining in here. Um, we're, Mario and myself are, are based in, in Ireland, although Mario, you're, you're Italian. Uh... Yeah, originally from Italy, but living you know, in, in Ireland right now uh, since 2010. So it's been almost 13 years now. So, been so we, we've Europe, Europe over here on this side, and then Thierry, you're in Pennsylvania. Yep. But representing the Canadians. That's right. Yeah, from <laughs> Quebec. So, so we've uh, transatlantic here. We're also going to add in during the call a couple of other people. Um, let's say hello first to Justin. Justin is joining us. Hey, Justin, you're in uh, Los Angeles. Justin, is that right? Uh, yeah, Los Angeles, Southern California. Excellent. So we're going all the way Pacific. It's, Earliest time of the day for for Justin, um, Amy, could you bring up Justin's um, screen for us? It'd be great. Here we go. Excellent. So Justin is the Disaster Services Program Manager at Los Angeles Department of Health Services. And Justin, we were just chatting before the call. You were saying you're about two years using D4H. Yeah, we've been uh, using the equipment equipment module for about two years now. Excellent, and all going well. It is. It's it's been. Uh, it was an easy transition, and uh, my colleagues that are using the platform are find it very easy to use. Um, and it's uh, we've been using it in the field with uh, cell phones and computers and laptops and uh, iPads, and it's been working really great. Brilliant. Well, what what we're going to do is is keep introducing people here, and then we're going to go through each of your your features. This is a really good collaborative event. Um, let's say hello to Sydney Renner next. And Sydney, hey, Sydney. Hey. Sydney's in Ohio, uh, EMA Operations Manager at Warren County Emergency Management Agency. Sydney, how are you doing? Good, how are you guys? All good. You, you're just fairly recently onto D4H, my memory. Yeah, we got the incident management platform about April of last year. Excellent. Well, the um, what we're going to do, again, we've got your features listed here, and we're going to talk through, you've got a great one for on the incident management forms. Um, 
so that's we've got two people from the US and I think we're having connection difficulties with South Africa, but we are we gonna try? Um I think Kyle is joining from South Africa. Yeah, hi, good the, evening, Robin. Ah, Kyle, excellent. We we've your voice, but not your your you're uh, you're a bit frozen. Oh, you're working now. Okay, super. So Kyle is the vice chairman at Search and Rescue South Africa. Um, Kyle, you've been on this live stream before. Yeah, we have when we um, did a presentation of our use with incident management for the KZN floods, which uh, hits uh, KwaZulu-Natal in April last year. So uh, yeah, it was quite a um, large natural disaster that took place locally here in South Africa. Just, just remind us of the numbers of displaced and yeah, it was it, it was um, in the order of four hundred people who had sadly lost their lives, um, and so we provided supports um, on the ground with the various uh, organisations um, in the uh, rescue and recovery that followed um, after those tragic that tragic event in April twenty twenty two. Yeah. Uh, quite amazing scale of an event when we saw the pictures. Well, look, that's excellent to have the three of you. Um, you have three of us from our side. We get stuck into some feature requests. I'm just going to put it out there again to everyone watching from the audience. Um, if you're watching this, you may as well be on this uh, live stream with us. You can comment in the chat. This is completely live. I see Andy Graham. How are you, Andy? Also coming from Pacific uh, time zone. Eugene, Ray, New Brunswick, East Coast there, Cape Town as well. Oh, we've people, Jim, how are you? Massachusetts, excellent. Uh, New Zealand, here's our, uh, we've got um, Wellington Emergency Response Team 8, and they've got some feature requests, which Amy, maybe you could get into the into the questions as this is doing. Excellent. Yeah. Mario, <clears throat> Unified Accounts, what's that? All right, Unified Accounts. So for... Those of you who haven't heard about it, so uh, let's give a quick reminder um, of the advantages of this new system. So it's essentially our new uh, authentication system. Um, so first of all, it allows our users to use a single login across all our products. Uh, so right now, for example, you have to use two logins with, for incident management, one for incident management and the other for the other products. Um, um, then at the same time this uh, new system enables the use of the multi-factor authentication across all our products again finally um it supports saml um, across all our products at the moment saml is supported only on incident management but now with unified accounts we have it on uh, un uh, on um, all our products uh, so the system is currently in uh, in beta uh, and it's, uh, it's actually the public beta. So if you want to join, uh, please go at the form you find at this link uh, to join the waitlist. Uh, we'll be glad actually to introduce you, you to the program and to the new system. I just wanted also to mention that um, this new system will be become at a certain point the default uh, login system. Uh, so this will give you essentially a, an early access uh, to the system. Um, so if you want to join, please visit the link. There's a, there's a question there, Mario. Can you see that on screen? Does Unified Account work across all different geographic data centers? Yes. Um, it will, so but it won't works cross within, them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It works within a region, uh, not across different regions, but it is available on all regions, yes. 
So, so that's a big step forward for us. It's going to allow you have the one username and password and multi-factor authentication. And if you've got an enterprise account with us, your uh, SAML login, single sign-in with your corporate network. So uh, it's a big, big step forward for us uh, on the platform. Let's uh, get into some suggestions. I think Sydney's first up. Sydney, tell us about this. And what's the problem here? And, and why do we need to fix it? Yeah, so uh, probably the biggest thing is, or the biggest example is using the ICS 213 resource request form. Following that model, there's different parts in the um, Emergency Operations Center that goes through this whole process of we get logistics to sign off on it, operations to sign off on it, we get finance section to sign off on it, and to approve this resource request and make sure it's uh, going through the proper channels. Right now, you can only sign the entire form or the entire board, which there's a lot of back and forth between these different sections that says, yes, this part's approved. Now we have to kick it over. When we sign it and it locks out the whole form, then we can't move through the rest of the process. We've kind of got a couple workarounds, but it's a little clunky right now. So mm -hmm. just being able to make that signature only for that certain section would be huge. And I know um, our neighboring county, Clinton County, I saw them jump on here. They kind of express the same interest at different times as well. I, I can see New Jersey in the comments uh, mentioning this here as well. Um, Mario, can you give a little background on that and where we're at on it? Yes, so I can say that uh, this feature request probably came very shortly after we released the, the, the signature field. Um, we just, uh, of course, we wait a little bit uh, to understand, to better understand the requirements and what were the use cases uh, I think by now uh, it's pretty, I mean, those are pretty solidified. Um, it is in our backlog and um, it is quite high as well uh, in the plan. So I guess you can expect it uh, to land in production, I'd say in the next couple of months. Yeah. And uh, we understand it is very, it is very important. Uh, uh, so, so yeah, we hope to release it in the next couple of months. Awesome. Sydney, it, it sounds to me like it's not just signatures is the problem there. There's a workflow going on. And what about notifying the next signature or is there some pattern to that or you know, how, how would that work best? Yeah, right now we have it built in um, to where we would alert the other person. We have like a little reminder that says, hey, go ahead in the chat box or in the log, message that person so that the next individual can take it over and know that it's assigned to them. If there was a way where it was signed, it would kick it over to the next position. That would be fantastic. Okay. So, I mean, it, it might, um, I'm trying to think how, because um, the other thing is something like a role, a role lock on a signature field or something. And then we could mention the people in the roles or mm -hmm. I'm just trying to brainstorm how, how we, I mean, aside from notifying everybody, how do we know who should sign the next piece? I can, I can um, see. Um, yeah, mentioning them or somehow where we could have to type in, hey, logistics section chief, this goes to you next. Right now, we just do that in the log and alert them that way. Yeah, you know what we could do? We could actually, uh, in the signature field, uh, we would have effectively two fields, one for the actual signature, the first for the name. So you, you would fill in the name and that would notify actually the person. And then they would just fill in the uh, the signature next. 
So, so, so when the blank simple. form or the templated form arrives in, it could have either the, the person's name or the role assigned to the signature block. Yeah, yeah, correct. We can assign that. Yeah, that's the best uh, way uh, of putting uh, it. And yeah. then it would alert all signatories that. Um, yeah. How, Sydney, how, how sequential does the form? Does it always go top to bottom from your experience? Um, it depends a little bit. For the most part, it does go through operations, fills it out, then it goes over to logistics, and logistics does the different resource request process. Uh, trying to find a couple items, they might pick one and send it over to finance. Mm -hmm. And when finance approves it or disapproves it based off cost, they might kick it back to logistics. Um, so it's a little bit back and forth there, but for the most part, it's a pretty straightforward process. So, so it, it sounds it sounds like we could it'd be simple enough and not too frequent that we could alert everybody who's got a signature block. So it's say operations have now signed this their part. You know, click here to view the form. Yeah. That kind of thing. Okay, interesting. Great. Anything else you'd like to add there? Anyone else? Kyle, Justin, that useful to you guys? Yeah, no, I think um, having the ability to, to sign, look, I think for our team, we it, it's not that critical, um, but no doubt we are, can see a need for it in the future. Eh? Okay. Kyle, oh, sorry, Justin, are you? I was going to say I, we're we're not on this module yet, but it we are in talks of um, internally about maybe switching over to it. Mm -hmm. And I know our response during COVID and processing all of the resource requests that we were do that we were doing on a daily basis. Um, this was one of those things with the system we were using that we were running into. Like, how do we do this approval process? So. I think for us, something like this would be very beneficial. Great. And uh, this is, Robin, probably only the first step in the bigger picture of uh, workflows that mm. you had in mind, right? Uh, so uh, this would be like a, a workflow, essentially, yeah, a mini workflow implemented in the specific form, but what we would dream actually to implement we're planning actually to implement it's not just dream is a workflow that's, that span different module modules as for example oh you fill in this form then you try and go all uh, a certain checklist uh, then you uh, you fill in the the log with certain messages so it's a guided experience essentially uh, through certain workflows um, uh, which I think a lot of our customers would, would benefit. I don't know, Sydney, how do you see that uh, being implemented in, uh, uh, in your team? Yeah, I think we could probably um, benefit from something like that. Great. Kyle, you're a, a feature request machine. We've, uh, we've lots and lots of stuff from you over, over time. Uh, I think some of yours are, are spread throughout the rest of this, but we've got two or three here just to, yeah. to kick off. Tell us about the first one, QR code. Yeah, so the ability to to enter data into a, a field or a form um, through an external link. I know we can um, share uh, forms or, or, or 
completed forms through through a third party uh, link, but that's the completed the completed form. So what what would be amazing is if we could share a a URL or link or generate it into into a QR code where where people that don't necessarily have access to D4H could then update certain fields. And um, an example would be an, an attendance register. So often we we find that we work in um with over 100 people on on a scene and you know just to take an attendance register simply that then includes all the data into d4h would, would be amazing so typically how we we currently do it is we have a google form or a microsoft form or, or equivalent and um we we create a, a url through and then produce a QR code and then share it or stick it up outside of our, our operation center. Um, and then before people enter the scene, they'll typically scan themselves in and then that would be linked to what resources they come in with or skills or, or which agencies they involved in or what their reporting lines are, et cetera. Um, and then that can just um, feed into one central place that, that you have oversight of um, along with all the other data that, that you're managing. So th this is a, a status board of resources rather than being your your specific users, they're going to be third parties and everything else. So correct. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So, and so a lot, a lot of people are using survey one, two, three, like this to, to collect up damage assessments. Um, and we've often talked about the ability to, to do it. Um, it's incident management again, Mario, do you want to? Yes. Uh, this is actually the next big piece that we're going to work on. Um, so th this goes hand in hand with uh, uh, another feature, which is actually uh, creating, uh, uh, let's say, entity status boards and forms outside of incidents. So I don't know um, uh, what was your uh, your plan there uh, to um, did you plan actually to for those data to end up in a specific incident, uh, Kyle or? Um, you you wanted the, that data to arrive somewhere else yeah so uh, definitely to a specific incident right. but um the, then the the data so basically the ability for a third party to to enter data um, you you're breaking up there i i I'll finish what i think you were going to say was that anybody who turns up um can scan a qr code yeah. and be able to enter data without a username and password that that specific individual might not have yeah so i i think that's what it, i think that's what what it is and what the request is um th there's two sides and where mario was going with that was yeah yeah exactly that you may have um you may have a qr code that kyle's dropped off i'm sure he'll be back shortly um you may have a QR code that you print once and you've got that same thing you can share anytime and that, that just collects information up. So um, for instance, I can, I can give out a, this link or QR code and everyone knows it or I can pre-print my sign-in form and it just gathers it up outside of an incident and then you, you assign it into an incident once it arrives in. So some yeah. sort of inbox that collects information. An example would be, like Kyle has a, you could have a, a QR code pre-printed out in a laminate that says sign in here. And it's the same QR code or link every single time. Um, um, when they arrive in, they come into an inbox, Mario. Yeah, That's correct. 
yeah, exactly. So all the data would go into this inbox, and then there, there would be someone uh, adding all the data to a specific incident if necessary, right? So yeah. uh, that's why. But I, I think Kyle was saying that he was mainly interested in sending this data directly into an incident. So, so I think we're going to provide we're going to provide both, I guess, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, so these are essentially two sides of the same coin. So, but this is definitely the next big, big feature that we are going to work on, and we're going to start probably uh, sometimes, uh, sometimes next month, and uh, sometimes in April we're going to start working on this. So, so I see that useful for everything from you know, surging a lot of volunteers during an emergency. You can just give them a link and collect information. It may even be before an incident has begun and someone wants to report some damage or something like that. So you have like a, a, da a damage report link and anyone who fills that in will come into the inbox in D4H and then you can start an incident from it or you can you can assign it to an existing incident, something like yeah. that. A side effect of this is that essentially people will also be able to log information um, uh, yeah, since they are able to log information without an incident, they will essentially be able also to log this information also while offline, mm -hmm. right? Before the incident has even started. Right? Because a lot of, uh, for example, you might find yourself outside in the field, uh, find that something is, is wrong. I don't know that there is a, some debris on the, on the street and you don't have connectivity. Um, so you cannot start a new incident while offline, but this feature will uh, give you the ability to start recording information without uh, having an incident. So starting creating forms and uh, creating status boards and so on and sending them into this big inbox that then is used to fill in the incident once the incident is created and you have connectivity again. So, um, so yeah, that, there's going to be a big change coming up related to this. Um, Excellent. I'm really excited and, uh, about that one. I would, uh, I would add a little question on that. Uh, are you thinking mostly about using this for uh, more spontaneous volunteers or for uh, more structured or, or recurring resources such as uh, uh, air ambulance or, or similar? Is that for Kyle? Yes. He, he may be frozen again. What are you thinking, Terry? Talk us through the difference. Yeah, so my connection is temperamental. Just yeah. Oh, no problem, Carl. Terry, what were you thinking on the two sides? What were the differences? Yeah, so it, uh, the question is relating to how uh, once that data is entered into IM, how it would connect into uh, incident reporting. Um, mm -hmm. If it's uh, because we have the, the concept of, of resources in incident reporting. And so if it's pre-existing resources that need to be tracked uh, kind of across both products from uh, incident management in real time and then brought into incident reporting for uh, for reporting and, and extracting the data, as opposed to uh, more spontaneous volunteers where the interests might be more about uh, knowing who's in knowing their identity and making sure that everyone is back at the end of the day and that you have kind of a follow-up that you can you can do with them 
Mm -hmm. um, so th those use cases will be helpful to uh, understand the uh, proper integration to do between the two products. Perfect. Kyle, how, how's your connection now? Uh, yeah, it seems like it's apologies, Robin. Yeah, I don't... Excellent. Gotta... Well, but between the lightning bolts, give us your second, uh, your second part here. Um, ability to load member locations. Do you want to talk about that? I'm not sure this is uh what we'll do let's let's jump to justin and we'll come back to kyle's yeah. second one uh for the um the connections improved justin how are you over in la uh, doing good excellent um you've got some great you guys use the equipment management tool yes we do um and uh i think we're we have about four thousand items of equipment in here that we're tracking right now mm -hmm. uh so it took me a while to get everything prepped and uploaded. We moved from spreadsheets, like, like probably close to 100 Excel spreadsheets that I transitioned over to the platform. Um, so in setting up for us, we have to perform uh, on-site inspections at hospitals. And uh, we also have, the hospitals are also required to do annual inspections of their equipment and provide those uh, results back to us. Um, and it's just part of the grant requirements that we have. So in setting this up, once we transition, uh, I came to realize that because we have some items that are like a PAPR, for instance, that's we have them in multiple locations throughout the county. So we have some that are in our warehouse that are brand new. And then we have some that are deployed into our hospital facilities and others that are deployed to other partner agencies. And so trying to set up that that inspection cycle, um, I kind of realized that when I wanted to set up like pappers, it would grab all of the pappers that we had in the system, which is close to 2000 when I only needed to look at about a thousand of them or so. And so I was able to come up with a workaround, but it required me going in and putting the pappers I didn't want to look at into a new category. And then when I built out the inspections for the hospitals, I used the category that I left for the hospitals. So it was kind of looking at that idea where because um, i know you can create those inspections individualized for a mm -hmm. single location um so i my my thought on this was it would be awesome if you could build the look the inspections based off of locations where you're just selecting a, a group of locations for that inspection rather than mm -hmm. doing the individualized items yep uh, Thierry, I'm going to come to you on that in a second, but Justin, can you zoom out a little bit there and explain to people what a PAPR is and why oh. <laughs> why you have them in hospitals? Uh, so a PAPR is a it's a powered uh, air respiratory protection device, and so it's got a so it's got a blower motor and then a couple of air filters, and then it has a hose that connects to a hood that uh, responders would wear. So these were really important during COVID, uh, especially with the shortage of the N95s and the surgical masks. So in our hospital facilities, the teams that were going in and treating the COVID patients use these on a, on a daily basis. So it just, it's another layer of protection um, for biological. Um, 
but then it can also be used as chemical. So our hospitals use them for decon. If there's a decon, like a hazmat incident, and they're bringing, the fire department is bringing in patients to the hospitals that have to be decontaminated before we enter them or admit them into the facilities. So then they would have to wear these as well. So uh, hence why we have 2,000. And so the county, the county is buying them and distributing them out to the, to the hospitals. Yeah. Yeah. And then and, you, and, you've got to oversee that they're being inspected. Yes. Perfect. Thierry, sounds like multiple locations on a inspection instead of one. Yeah, it sure does. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is this is something we've heard as, as well. Um, and that is doable. Uh, I, I don't I'm not the one that makes the decision into when that's going to happen. Um, so uh, I don't know if Mario or uh, can have yeah. a little bit more insight on that, but uh, I think this is something that, that can be done. Yeah, we'll definitely have to look at the backlog and see how it, this feature um, uh, compares to um, uh, the other features, you know, that we currently have. Uh, but it sounds like it's not too complex to do. Uh, so, yeah, we'll definitely, of course, after this call, we always go through all the feature requests and see, you know, if you can prioritize some of those. And mm -hmm. we'll definitely do this exercise for this particular feature request after the call. Um, so, yeah, we'll get get more new, uh, yeah, get some news, you know, um, in the next following weeks. Okay. And, and I was going to say, too, it's, it, it's something I'd be happy to chat with a little bit more in depth online and, and like, let you see how like our system set up so you can kind of understand where I was coming from if, if I'm not completely explaining myself very well. Oh, absolutely. Just, yeah, yeah, we'll be in touch, definitely, yeah. The, the, Justin, the, the need to bulk upload new items of equipment in, totally understand this, but can you talk us through what mm. happens? Like you get an order of equipment in, what's the yeah. real world physical thing going on there? So our, our biggest, uh, our most recent one was, uh, we ordered uh, 260 ventilators. Um, so again, we're all we're we're utilizing grant funding to for our purchases, and then these are all now being pushed out into the hospitals out in the field. So 260 is a lot to go through, um, and so when we get the stuff from the vendor, they come in on we get a spreadsheet that has the serial numbers and the make the model and all that stuff, and where with our with our tracking that we're having to do, we have to track like purchase orders, the invoice numbers, the serial numbers, and then we are barcoding all of our items with a barcode that allows the scanning to utilize that function in the equipment module where you can pull up the item. And then LA County comes in and tags them as well because uh, they're capital assets. So there's a lot of information that's getting added to every single item when we add in a new item. So being able to have like that default spreadsheet of, of fields where we can just kind of enter it in and fill in that data and then upload the one document rather than duplicating an item 259 times and then going in through every item and adding in all the fields. Because uh, it, it, the duplication part is easy. It's just that the the more you're clicking through stuff it's that that it starts to introduce human error um so my thought was with that bulk upload it would just make stuff like that really easy because 
we tend to purchase a lot of things in bulk. We're not buying onesie twosies of things and um, we're buying like hundreds of thousands of dollars of equipment in one shot. Thierry, do you want to talk about uploads and what we do today versus what could be done there? Yeah. Um, so today we do offer bulk uploads uh, more, more often than not during implementation um, where we kind of need to do it on the back end because it's the, the process is not uh, directly doable through the interface. Um, but so what we were trying to, we've discussed before um, and we do want to do it is to make that accessible through the interface a little bit like it's done currently to uh, Bullcab members where mm -hmm. you can upload the spreadsheet, you can kind of uh, review all of the contents before they're actually created and then you can edit them uh, in a way that's very similar term of the interface to, to what the spreadsheet looks like. Uh, so it's a lot easier to do it in bulk rather than uh, duplicate, like you said. Um, I'll also add that we have plans for the interface to make bulk changes uh, where from a list of multiple entities, we can edit uh, more easily multiple properties on multiple, and by entity, I mean, in this case, it can be items of equipment, it can be uh, members, where just from the list, we would be able to do some of those changes where we kind of reduce all of those clicks of duplicate item, go in, update details, and then trying to keep up where you're at. Um, so yeah, this, this, that's a, I, I can hear your pain. Uh, <laughs> and, and this is something to address for sure. Yeah. 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 We, we have a long list actually of bulk <laughs> actions that we want to implement, right? As you said, Thierry, one is, for example, updating items. The other is deleting items in bulk, yep. right? Um, so yeah, I think there is a whole project there um, uh, for us to, to work on. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, definitely important. For and sure. I just want to, I just want to add also um, regarding when getting details about the the uses that you have for a feature when, when it's suggested, and that applies to every one of you today on the stream, but also people that send them uh, that, that send suggestions uh, to through support or through your uh, implementation specialist or. Uh, or, or anyone through in the team really um, getting details about how you want to use a feature um, and what is the problem that you want to solve with it. Uh, it helps us design it properly because for every person that says, oh, I want bulk, bulk upload, the, the problem they're trying to solve might not be the same for everyone. So when we get those details, it helps us understand and make sure that we can address the problem uh, the proper way. Excellent. Um, Dustin, your, your third one around customization on reports and selecting yeah. which fields to display, it's, it's obvious to us what that is. But again, can you talk about the, the, the problem, why you need to do that? Uh, so like, I love the reporting feature, like just the default reporting feature that's there. Um, but in, in when, we're report, when we're creating reports or inventory reports that we're sending out to the hospitals, <clears throat> excuse me, that they're, we're saying, hey, this is the equipment that you're supposed to have. 
uh, there's some things that would be a little bit more beneficial for us to put on there. Cause so for example, if I'm sending the equipment roster that the, a, a hospital has, I'm, I'm having to send them two reports or I have to export everything out into Excel and then send them that. Um, cause one will include the serial number, but it doesn't include the barcode number. And mm. so like I'm having to generate, so I usually I generate a double report out of the system, one with the barcode numbers and then one with the the serial numbers and then give them both of those things. So just going in and being able to to select like just a handful of fields on that on that report uh, would make a huge difference on um, things like that. Mm-hmm. Excellent. I, I think in the settings, there's a place you can turn on serial number. I may be incorrect that that's on the PDF, but it definitely shows the serial number in more places. Mm-hmm. Um, I that. Thierry or Mario, can you jump in on that? Kind of adding fields to a, a custom mm-hmm. report? Um, from my perspective, from a more general point of view, um, we know already that uh, there is a lot that we can add in terms of customization to the, to the reports. So I just wanted to say that um, we, uh, that's high on our priority list and um we we definitely care about you know um uh, our customers being able to create more powerful reports you know uh, specifying uh, uh, custom filters uh, as you said you know specify also the the, the fields that are uh, exported uh, in the report and so on so that's uh that's very high on our list uh, i don't know Thierry, if you wanted to add anything specific to this um, I agree entirely. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah. But before before we get back to Kyle's questions, or Justin, sorry, are you jumping in? Oh yeah, I was going to say, and I know you guys have the where you can go in on the back end on the through the API and kind of generate the customized reports through the API style <laughs> of things. But for us in our office, we run into a problem of it because it's new software of having to go through all of the security protocols and getting it approved by IT and and all the way up the chain just for us to be able to use it, it becomes uh, cumbersome to to try to use the API side of things. Sure thing. Yeah. No, Absolutely. should be point and click. Yeah. Yeah. Before before we get back to Kyle's question, Kyle, it, it sounds like your connection's a bit more stable. I'm uh, just going to take some from the comments. Natalie, thank you very much for your questions. Um, you've got so much detail here. I think we'd like to get you on your own show. I'm not joking. So we'll get uh, NZRT8 on, on a show. And if, if you can email info at d4h.com, um, we'll get that lined up. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll do a, a session on qualifications, groups, expectations, that kind of thing, um, and, and tell the whole world what NZRT8 do. I think that'd be great, great one to do. Um, Lesh, um, Joining late, I'm not sure if you're talking about incident management or in or, or personal training here, because I think we do some of this stuff. So, um, who holds positions on a historical basis? I'll talk about the two products unless unless I see you correct me on um, which one. So, in personal training, um, anybody can have. A role, yeah, personality. You're saying so in personal training, anyone's attendance can have the role set aside in it. So you would say they were doing logistics officer for an activity. Now, if you change their um, 
if, if you change their default role, we're not storing the differences in default roles between people. But if they attend an activity, we're storing them in that role. Um, so I hope that helps in that a little bit. In terms of an incident management during a live incident, everything's audited. So as you move a person between a different role on the same incident, every start and stop time is being audited within the incident again. Um, so I, I, um, the same thing, incident management has an org chart feature, um, but I'm, I'm listening loudly to your being able to keep an org chart outside of an incident. Um, and that's a whole area we hope to expand on this year is around better planning and preparation tools. So um, while you can draw org charts in, in incident management, they're very tightly connected to plays. We want to bring that into a more general, general use. Um, we've also got some stuff in our think, I'd say it's a thinking stage around being able to set up different operational periods in, in incident management and pre-plan an operational period uh, and effectively roster people into roles ahead of time. So I hope that gives some of that. There are um, more people coming in here. Nicole, I can see you're saying it's mirroring what British Columbia Search and Rescue need and have requested for um, on, on the qualifications, which is great to see multiple people doing that. Um, and uh, Natalie, I can see you're going to email in. That's great. And maybe we, get, we could even get Nicole and Natalie on the same, same show and we can go through all of the those topics okay kyle we get back to ability to load member locations maybe you could tell us again about the the why the problem behind this we don't have sound kyle i can see you talking it's as if you're on mute possibly Oh, we've no audio, Kyle. Um, we'll come. We'll come back to uh, send a message in the chat if you think you've got audio sorted, and we'll we'll come back to you. Okay. Any thoughts on pricing options to add licenses without having to increase or decrease channels? Uh, for instance, manager. Yes, there are options. Options. So, um, just drop an email in to either your account manager or to sales at d4h.com. Um, we've got some pretty customizable pricing options there. So um, that is possible to do. Highly requested features. <laughs> GPS, 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 GPS. Mario, do you want to? Yeah. Yeah, this is a, this is a long-standing feature request, actually. Um, it came up even in last year's live stream. Um, and... Yeah, so it's not that we are ignoring our users, it's that we are we have so much going on at the moment and you will see in the following months, you know, uh, 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 with the upcoming features, we have uh, unified accounts, we have a, a new custom field deployed in Team Manager, um, which is a table custom field. Um, we have a, a, a new API for team manager. We have a public API released before incident management. So there is a lot going on. So it's not that we are ignoring this request. It's just, um, so we, first of all, we want to make sure we get it right. So, and 
we during you know the past year we've collected more and more uh, feature requests and uh, use cases from from customers around this and um, we also um, um, in this regard we are planning uh, we can say it Robin it's probably another product which could be probably another product um, uh, it would be a, a small mobile app that you, you install on your on your smartphone and that would allow um, would allow us to track um, users on the field. Um, so that's part of that, this project. I read, though, from the feature request that it's not only the tracking on, of smartphones that we are interested in, but also of other devices, as, uh, for example, yeah, uh, satellite trackers and ICOM digital radios, right? So um, those will definitely come probably later um, in the project. Uh, but uh, GPS tracking of smartphones will likely come sooner. Hopefully, we'll, the plan so far is to get started on this new product towards the end of this year. So Q3, Q4. Excellent. I think the is, is Sydney, is the um, GPS tracking of useful in your field in emergency management? It definitely could be. Um, not so much in terms of the EOC operations on site here, but if we deployed people out for um, either damage assessment or had to send them to the on-scene incident, probably. Okay. I think there's probably a couple of tiers to it. There's like, firstly, integrating with our app, so it's very simple. And then the next tier is probably third-party devices or, or something like that. Yeah. yeah Terry, exactly. you were going to jump in there. Yeah, um, I was just going to add, it would be interesting to know um, what kind of devices people use, uh, want that to work with. Is it, for instance, um, uh, GPS, uh, GPS devices such as uh, an inReach, for instance, or uh, ICOM radios were, were mentioned uh, because it, it they each have a different approach to integrate them. Some of them are harder, some of them are easier, some of them require specific hardware. So obviously if they require specific, specific hardware, um, it's harder to, to do. But if they just connect over the internet and we can pull that from an API. Um, they, okay, I see inReach and API as there uh, yeah. are examples, yeah. Uh, so just to know what people use and this can factor into our um, our decision-making and our research to features like this. I, I, I see here, here one of the, the commenters or one of the feature requests is Duncan Sanders. Duncan's with North Cumbria um, Rescue and Response Team. So they're independent of UK SAR, um, but, but tasked by Cumbria Police. And so they mentioned RTMP streams. So for, for people not familiar, that's things like camera and video streaming. Uh, from the scene. And I, again, I assume that's from an app is the thinking. D uh, Duncan's on the comments here. Great, Duncan. Duncan's saying, just give us the API and we'll do the rest. Lovely. That's what we like. Yeah. Uh, Cal Topo is a source as well. Yeah, Cal Topo is good at picking up live positioning there of people. Okay, great. We jump to the next uh, topic. 
Kyle's had to drop off. Or Kyle, if you do think you get the audio working, feel free just to, to try it. Um, mapping. Mario, these would probably go to you. Mapping in the differentiations and management mobile app. Yes, that is uh, probably the most important feature currently missing in the, in the incident management uh, app, mobile app. Um, again, this is um, high priority, and uh, I don't have an exact timeline for this, but I know that it's quite high in our, uh, uh, in our list at the moment. Um, let's see in the specifics. So Kyle is saying mapping and the ability to post the location from the app into updates. Yes, that's definitely. Yes, at the moment, you can fill in way. a location yes. field, right? So yeah. if you're filling in a location field and you press um, submit location, it'll it'll use the GPS location of the device to fill in that field. Correct. Um, it's just that you can't. So you can fill in a status board and capture pieces, but it's not, um, you can't see them all on one map. Uh, however, I see how this could be useful to, to, to send into the log, like instead of the tracking, tracking is the, is the high resolution, right? Tracking, but this can be useful. For example, I want to send my location just once in a while, right? Mm -hmm. uh, or after someone prompts it asks for it so yeah it's definitely something that we keep in mind when uh, we get to this so then josh yeah jo josh is with new zealand response team four and they were recently deployed to uh, auckland and napier for the floods that we all saw across the news in new zealand um he was saying here they're being tasked to a central point from a central point to perform tasks across the city and then it was they were getting on the app when they got there and then it was hard to see in an unfamiliar city where the tasks were around them so uh so is this always related to um to positioning i guess no i think i think it's a map an overall map view so um a, a single the, the same as the web web map where you yeah, can okay. see a map with all layers on it yeah yeah definitely when we implement the map on on the mobile app it, it will come with all the features of the main um the web app let's say so layers is one of uh, one of those certainly um we also have for those talking about mapping um um a lot of our customers have asked for a better integration with um, Esri, uh, ArcGIS. Uh, so that will also should uh, should be uh, should come pretty soon um, as a feature. Uh, at least the ability to see ArcGIS um, service layer in um, in incident management. Uh, of course, both in the web and mobile app when will be available on the mobile app. There's um, a question in the comments here from Nicole in British Columbia Search and Rescue. Um, Thierry, this, this is for you. So in, in incident management effectively, are we going to add skip logic to the incident report form? So if you imagine you're on the basic tab of that and you select a field, um, for example, 
it was a rescue versus a search, then other fields or sections or tabs disappear. Um, we've discussed it. Um, whether we do it or not, again, I'll refer to Mario uh, about that. Yeah. But um, this is something that there's interest, and we think it would make it possible to make it easier when approving reports where uh, sections that are only required in some cases can be kind of hidden away because they're not uh, always applicable. Uh, to definitely make the interface easier to deal with and quicker also to fill in reports. Uh, so I, I think there's, there's a good use case for that. Yeah, and I think it was pretty high on our uh, uh, backlog as well, if I'm not wrong. Uh, to be honest, uh, uh, to be clear, we already have this feature in incident management. So, um, and it's actually about enabling, so we enabling uh, sections based on certain fields. Uh, we, we are planning to introduce, uh, to bring exactly the same functionality to uh, incident reporting. So yeah, you, um, that's definitely on our uh, backlog. Great. Charles's suggestion. So enforced multi-factor authentication or two-factor authentication on all accounts, member plus and higher. Mm -hmm. Mario, it's kind of beautiful. Yeah, so, so, so first step uh, to get to this is um, um, bringing unified accounts to production to everyone. Um, and as I mentioned at the beginning of the stream or the live stream, this is happening sometimes um, uh, in Q2, Q3. Uh, this is the next step. So um, the plan is to bring um, the ability to group members into organizations and have those organizations have control uh, over the, um, uh, the, the accounts of their members. Control uh, as in, you know, enforcing cert certain times of, certain types of um, security policies as, for example, um, multi-factor authentication um, for all accounts. So this is stage two of unified accounts. And uh, I don't have an exact timeline for this. Again, this is very important. So, but let's get unified accounts out first and then we'll take care of uh, uh, enforcing security policies uh, for an organization. At this time, I think this would also be mainly, uh, mainly uh, something that would apply to all members rather than specific access levels, uh, so that it works Correct. across. So it works across both IM and uh, the, the rest of products, um, regardless of if they're doing using it on the web, using it on, on mobile. Um, and I don't know if that's discussed yet, uh, but we're working to kind of do away eventually with the member, member plus, editor, and those very fixed roles, uh, sorry, very fixed permission levels to instead make it possible to uh, make your own permissions level, much like you can do uh, in, in IM where it's really customizable. So the member plus itself will kind of disappear and, and become whatever you want it to be. Uh, as so as a result, such security policies will be mostly applied to all members rather than uh, just specific permissions. Correct. And the, the, I want to specify that this is just about enforcing 
the security policy because uh, once unified accounts will be out um, or even now if you want to join the beta uh, everyone can use multi-factor authentication it's just that it's not enforced but each admin admin could just um in some way create this convention or just encourage people to just enable it and uh, at least until we provide uh, some facilities to enforce um this setting great kyle i think your audio is back that's what i'm hearing yeah that's can you Excellent. hear me okay now yes, yes, yes <laughs> i think yes, just yes. the comments on that previous one that would be amazing to have additional um permission um accounts or permission settings on the various users uh, in in personal and training i think that would be very useful for us eh? excellent great talk to us about um loading member locations in yeah so so really you, you know what 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 has come out of out of out of this for us is is often we'll find that we are responding to um aviation incidences where perhaps a a plane has either gone missing or or subsequently um uh, forced and so we've try and then find people that are, are near the respective regions uh, or, or where incident takes place. So what would be really useful for us is if, or similar to your equipment locations where members can load their, their locations or, or where they live or, or where they're based. Um, and, and that will help guide to our resources that are closest to an incident. Um, and I think very similar to the equipment location uh, platform where you can have an integrated map uh, where you could extract those locations into a KMZ file or whatever. And I think something that, that could be a little bit more advanced would be to either then integrate those locations into incident management. So where you've got a linked uh, personal and training and incident management accounts, you could then overlay the, the mapping features as a map overlay within incident management from your locations pulled from personal and training. Um, but yeah, I, I think yeah, very similar to to your equipment equipment location. Mm. So we're talking about a, um, essentially. Um, is this a location that can change with time? It I... can correct, and, and I think that's what the challenge is. Is that um, let's say it's a person's residence in their profile, they would load where, where their residence is. Um, and we've already got that feature, but it's not linked to a, a coordinate field where you can, where it should be a predefined, where it should be a defined uh, GPS latitude, longitude coordinates or, or a set address. And then that then links to, to, uh, to a mapping feature. So basically, carbon copy of of equipment locations but just um extended to mm -hmm. to members um specific locations as well mm -hmm. um cherry is that uh, um a built-in field that we uh, that we have in personal and training for the location the current location address i guess it is yeah you're muted sorry i was muted um yeah the the address is a built-in field um, I think currently we're not displaying that on the map anywhere, um, mm -hmm. but we would we could be able to use that to map that to uh, coordinates and show that on the map uh, on the personal training side. Yeah, yeah. But um, well, at the moment we uh, it's possible to import uh, the personnel 
in incident management from uh, personnel and training. And yeah. uh, already incident management can display on the map anything that has a location. Um, so probably, yeah, there's definitely some something that we can do there. We can um, uh, extract the coordinates from the address and display it on the on the on the map easily. Yeah, relatively easily on incident management already. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I think yeah, it would be also like probably a matter of either adding a specific lat long field on this is a long-term solution, adding a lot long-term field uh, in incident reporting or um, or just using the address, right, to, to get to, the, to those data. Yeah, yeah. So, let, let, so, me, check, let yeah. me check if we do have the long. We, we might, uh, I don't remember the top of my head, but I can reply, answer that in a, in a minute. Um, but yeah, it's definitely geocoding that to get the coordinates yeah. from the address is certainly possible. Um, this would just account for their home maze, so their their, their uh, primary address, uh, which has its limitations for people that have multiple addresses, for instance. But but uh, I think combining that with um, their on call off call uh, would be able to leverage that. Yeah. I wonder if we do something clever with drive time calculations as well. Um, yeah. Mm. To to the pin. Um, our new our new weather provider where they are giving some some anticipations here um as some features to calculate the drive time based on uh, weather conditions so we can definitely do some of that um yeah by the way you will see a new weather provider being introduced uh, let's say in the next one to two weeks for incident management um, and uh, this will allow us also to display weather as an overlay on the map. This is not now in the next two weeks. This is phase two. Uh, for now, we are just switching weather provider, uh, but um, it will allow us you know, to have a weather on the map. And as Robin was saying, also some uh, cool stuff as, for example, calculating the drive time based on the weather conditions, which of course, that can change dramatically, you know, based on, you know, if you have a snow on the road versus, you know, if, you, if it's a clear day. So, yeah, wait. Um, uh, uh, yeah, for, for this new feature will come, uh, let's say, as a phase two. We're going to have to start wrapping up at this point. We've got more questions and features here than we uh, could possibly cover in an hour. So I, I feel a part two coming on. Um, there is a question in from, from Jim Dennehy, Massachusetts Department of Fire Services. Here it is on screen. Um, Thierry, can you talk about this one? Yeah, um, I was looking at our, our backlog here and uh, we've had that for quite a while and uh, been requested by a few people. It's not that long to do. Um, so I was just looking at it and I think we can do that uh, very soon too to make it possible to print that attendance sheet uh, like in the, in the next few weeks. Let's right. bring that to the, to the next um, iteration planning then. Yeah, there, yeah, yeah, definitely. So, Tara, Jim, yes. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so Jim, yes, that's going to happen. Uh, as Tara, Tara pointed out, um, 
This is recorded and on our YouTube channel if you want to watch it back. We will do a part two, um, absolutely. Uh, Amy, could you bring back up the QR code for the UA beta? I can see we've had lots of clicks on people scanning that with their cameras. If you want to go to that link and, and not type it in, um, here we yeah. go. You can we, put your camera at that or type in that link. Yeah, it, the, the link should be in the description as well, uh, in the video description on YouTube. Um, so you can click that directly. Excellent. Well, this has been fantastic. Um, I suspect we've got record numbers tuning in here today is huge amount of engagement. Um, thank you so much to Sydney and Justin for joining and Kyle. Well, Kyle, you only joined for half, right? <laughs> Apologies. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Um, yeah, thank, thank you everyone so much for that. Um, it's, been, it's been excellent. Um, we really, really appreciate people coming on these streams and giving the insight into their worlds and the um, we're, we're interested in the why, as you've heard me asking, the problem that we're trying to solve um, and so we can come up with the best possible solution. So thanks for that um, and thanks to everyone. Anyone, any further comments? Any last pieces? No, we're good. Enjoy your days. Talk to you, talk to you next time. Thanks, everyone.